Good morning. My name is Patty Daniel. My Dharma name is Juan Unihua. And I'm here today to talk to you about the precepts, which I'm calling Essential Codes of Conduct in Buddhism. At the beginning of last year, when we decided to do a series of Dharma talks that covered the basic doctrines of Wan Buddhism, I agreed to give the talk on precepts. When I started working on it, however, I began to wonder why I ever agreed to it. Because when I look at our Wan Buddhist precepts, a list we will get to in a minute, they seem illogical, arbitrary, even whimsical. For example, do not embezzle public funds is among the first on the list. I've never even had my hands on public funds. Or, do not smoke without due cause. Aren't there much more important moral teachings than that? I kind of respond to the Ten Commandments in the Christian Bible in a similar fashion. I mean, what are they about? The first five seem to me to reflect a power grab or a bit of an ego problem. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven images of me. Thou shalt not take my name in vain. Thou shalt, not, thou shalt remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So I contemplated what my list would look like if I were a god or a Buddha. Here's what I came up with. Be nice, do not be mean. Be honest, do not lie. Do not harm other living beings. Do not self-harm. Be generous to everyone and do not steal. I'll leave it to you to decide how my list stacks up against others, but lest you think I'm the one with the ego problem, let's talk about some of those others. As you know, traditional Buddhism has spanned many centuries and cultures, and there is a wide variation in the number and types of precepts that are given to followers, both lay and clergy. However, there seem to be five basic precepts that lie at the foundation of all Buddhist ethics and form the core of Buddhist morality. These precepts are essential behavior, behavioral. They are no killing of living beings, no stealing, no sexual misconduct, no lying, and no intoxicants. The first four were based on prohibitions for Hindu priests and were common to many South Asian religions as far back as the 6th century BCE. But the fifth precept, the prohibition on intoxication, was probably a new addition brought in by Buddhism. The Buddha's emphasis on awareness and mindfulness from which the prohibition on intoxication springs was probably somewhat unique in the Buddha's time. So let's talk about how we view and use precepts in Wan Buddhism. Not long ago, Reverend Ginger gave us a talk 
in which she described the precepts as the life force of a spiritual practice. The life force of a spiritual practice. She also said freedom of mind inevitably entails restrictions and without precepts we remain deluded sentient beings. For me, taking the precepts and receiving a Dharma name was the starting point for trying to live a life of conscious morality. This has become the foundation for my practice. In Wan Buddhism, both lay members and clergy get the same precepts. There are 30 in all, but only the first 10 are given to members initially. The first 10 are, and I'll read them, do not kill without due cause, do not steal, do not commit sexual misconduct, do not consume intoxicants without due cause, do not gamble or play idle games, do not use harsh speech, do not fight without due cause. Do not embezzle public funds. Do not borrow or lend money between close friends without due cause. And do not smoke tobacco without due cause. Master Sote-san, our founding teacher, clearly did not want to discourage his followers and overwhelm them initially with too many. So there are two more groups of 10 each that are given to intermediate and then advanced practitioners. Wan Buddhist precepts become more subtle and less obviously behavioral by the time we get to the end of the list. The last three of the 30 are refrain from being greedy, refrain from being angry or harboring hatred, and refrain from being deluded. These three are about controlling the mind and are the most difficult of all the precepts. Master Sotaisan taught us that once one reaches sagehood, one no longer needs to bind oneself to the Dharma or restrain oneself with precepts. Internally, however, the mind precepts are still present. In Wan Buddhism, the precepts are tied to mindful choice in action, the third part of our threefold practice. Hence, the precepts become our guideposts to choosing wisely. Over and over in the Wan Buddhist scriptures, I see an emphasis on using the precepts as guideposts to happiness rather than rigid rules to obey. In my opinion, the Wan Buddhist precepts leave plenty of wiggle room that allows us to adapt the precepts to changing more societal mores and changing times without losing the essence of the teaching. So let's go back to those 10 for beginners. You may have noticed that five of them contain the clause without due cause. For example, do not smoke tobacco without due cause. 
Frankly, as a retired nurse and a non-smoker, I cannot imagine a due cause for smoking tobacco. But perhaps Master Sote-san wanted to avoid any initially overwhelming roadblock for a follower who was addicted to tobacco. And do not kill without due cause. What could be a due cause for killing? Spraying your house for termites? Causing animals to be killed for your dinner table? Serving in the military during wartime? It is up to us to contemplate, study, and seek wise counsel to make the moral choice. In the 1970s and 80s, I marched at least three times in the streets of Washington, D.C., along with hundreds of thousands of other women to fight for a woman's right to choose an abortion, an issue about which I have clearly articulated thoughts and very powerful emotions. But how am I to reconcile abortion with the precept of not killing living beings? To me, this is a perfect example of how due cause can enter the discussion and enable us to make the best and most moral choices for ourselves. One of the more troublesome precepts for me personally is foregoing intoxicants. The due cause wiggle room is built into that one too. But really, what would constitute due cause? Though I'm well aware of the scourge that illegal drugs and alcohol bring to our society, and I'm also well aware of how intoxicants destroy mindfulness, I nevertheless can't help but respond as if someone were shaking a finger in my face and telling me I can't have any fun at a party. I think this is a fundamental problem, the tendency to view precepts as restrictions rather than as paths to liberation. One of the precepts without a two-cause caveat is the prohibition on sexual misconduct. Though sexual misconduct covers a myriad of behaviors, in my opinion, it has been profoundly misinterpreted in many religious contexts. For example, in some Christian contexts, it often refers only to adultery, while totally ignoring the more important issue of ensuring mutual consent in every sexual encounter. We need to study, contemplate, and seek wise counsel in order to understand what actually constitutes sexual misconduct, thereby making wise choices in challenging situations. The second set of precepts in Wan Buddhism, and I won't read them all out loud, but just have a look at the slide. This set includes some interesting and very practical guidance regarding human affairs. I'll just pick a few out to talk about. One of my favorites is, do not speak about the faults of others. That's F-A-U-L-T-S. 
What simple and clear advice. I wish it had been up on the wall of my office before I retired. The office gossip was frequent and detailed and mean-spirited, and I didn't quite know how to deal with it at the time. But I clearly saw that it was harmful to all of us. Had we simply followed that guideline, do not speak about the faults of others, we would have all been so much happier at work. Another favorite is, do not be ostentatious in wearing clothes. I'm not quite sure what Master Sote-san meant by ostentatious, but I'm pretty sure he was addressing a problem we all likely share. I mean, I know I do. That problem of an egoistic self-image that wants to show off or project a certain image to others. Oh, and how about do not talk while someone else is talking? In America, we often interrupt. We're so used to it that sometimes we barely notice when we're doing it. Archaeomonemes have demonstrated to me that it is possible to communicate without interrupting. And they never say, <clears throat> don't interrupt. They just don't do it. So, when you get a moment, look at our list of 30 precepts and see which ones seem to jump out at you. You may want to think about including one or two in your New Year's resolutions. You may, may want to take that one step further and consider holding yourself accountable by, for how well you follow them in the coming months. Which brings me to one of my favorite topics, keeping a Dharma journal. Master Sote-san taught his disciples to do regular Dharma journaling. This was, and is, an important teaching in which we are instructed to, to keep two types of journals. A reflective journal in which we write our thoughts and realizations, and a daily journal, a checklist type of journal for noting on a daily basis how our practice is going. This checklist journal is really pretty quick and easy. Resolve this month to keep one or two of the precepts. Record your successes and failures in your daily journal and see how well you have done at the end of the month or the end of the year. If nothing else, you will not forget what your aspirations are. I'm thinking of adding do not, do not play idle games to my checklist. Since the pandemic began, I have spent far too much time running down internet rabbit holes and then wondering where my time and my eyesight have gone. A Wan Buddhist priest, Reverend Do Sung Yu, wrote in his book, Thunderous Silence, A Practical Guide to the Heart Sutra. That's the book that many of, us, many of us have read and love. He wrote, the precepts are the path to, perpet to perpetual happiness. They are not commandments given by some higher being. They are the path to liberating ourselves. Thank you for listening, and Happy New Year.